Happy 2022 here from Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you all for being great listeners and supporters of this show in 2021, and I hope you carry over into 2022. Thank all the guests I had during 2021, starting off with Troy Robert, got the band back together from the Red Light Sports Rambo, had Tristan Thomas on numerous times, Matt Carroll, Jen Mack, Andy Herman, uh, uh, Matt Pauley, and it was, uh, you know, fun, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Zielinski. It was a, it was a fun year. I'm talking sports and talking bucks and brewers and Packers. And I hope you all have a great 2022. And here is some of the highlights from, uh, 2021 and talking sports with Evan. And the thing is with Aaron Rodgers, the play action is so good. I don't know what game it was, was that I was watching where they put up the numbers on best quarterbacks with play action. And Rodgers was near the top. And this was when Lindsey was out. Jenkins moved in there, did a great job. The, the key to this game is if the Packers can do anything on offense, the Rams don't have a chance. Ted Thompson came in, and he made the tough decisions. Not popular decisions at the time, but he made the tough decision to put the Packers back on the track that they should have been on um, and got the Packers back to the Super Bowl. You know, he had to make the tough decisions at the time of parting ways with Darren Sharper, with uh, Mike Wall, with Marco Rivera, with Ryan Longwell, to name a few, because of the contracts that Ted Thompson, I mean, not Ted Thompson, Mike Sherman threw out to Cletus Hunt and Joe Johnson, for example. The Brewers, right as they stand right now, it would be really tough unless they get some bounce backs from some of these key players, like we mentioned earlier, like Yelich, like Hira, um, like Omar Narvaez. Um, they do have the return of uh, Lorenzo Kane, so that'll obviously help as well. But a lot of things would have to go right with their current roster to do that. I do think that if they just go and add just a couple extra pieces on offense combine that with the returning pitching which should be solid once again they have as good a chance as any team of being able to make a run for a fourth straight playoff appearance there's been a lot of skilled position players the packers have hit on in the second third fourth fifth round aaron jones for example so it's a tired narrative when we talk about not getting Aaron Rodgers help. Um, and I still stand by this. And I know one friend of mine that you know hates that I have this opinion. But if they take a wide receiver or you know Patrick Queen in the first round, are they in the Super Bowl this year? Probably not. You know, you go back a few shows ago, I talked exactly why the Packers did not beat Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. It wasn't because they didn't draft a, a, a guy who could contribute day one in the first round. It was the guys who they depended on all season long made mistakes and errors that they never made. Uh, it was unexpected dominance. I will say that. Um, just judging by the personnel they have, the coach they have, their exposure. Uh, the, the personnel they have to deploy an effective wall, which we saw last season in the semifinals. All that came back this season. And 
for all intents and purposes, there was no reason that the Heat could not deploy an effective wall. And with the ups and downs that the Bucks were having in a regular season, trying to really learn how to win games a different way, they really weren't dominantly consistent in a regular season. So it made you worry just a tiny bit. Like, okay, is it possible that we have a replay this season of last season's full season? And I, I admit, I knew the Heat would be, I thought the Heat, I would say, would be a tougher matchup than what they actually ended up being. I did not see this type of dominance. I did not see a sweep coming from the Bucks at all. I thought maybe the Heat would get a game, much like the Bucks got a game last season. But to sweep them right out of the way, it, to me, that showed that they learned a little bit of something through their ups and downs and their inconsistencies in the regular season. So it, it was it was a welcome surprise. This rookie class certainly looks like they're going to come in and compete. Now, I don't think we can glean anything at this point to say, yep, this is a fantastic class or this is a terrible class or anything in between. Uh, but it certainly seems like Eric Stokes is going to be involved that corner. It certainly seems like Josh uh, Myers is going to have every opportunity to win the center spot. Certainly looks like Royce Newman is going to have the opportunity uh, to rotate in and have an opportunity or, or even potentially start at guard, even got some time with the ones that tackle. Uh, so it definitely seems like he's going to be in the, the conversation there. And then, you know, even uh, Shamar Jean Charles, right? Even he um, got in and, and made some plays when he had the opportunity. Amari Rogers is going to have a role. So I, I don't know that we can necessarily, necessarily say one way or the other that this is, like I said, a, a great, bad or indifferent draft class at this point. That would obviously be premature, but it definitely seems like those top five especially are going to be in the conversation. And I think Kylan Hill has got a really great chance to win the number three running back spot as well. So um, good early returns doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but better than the alternative. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, over the last five years, they've used their top pick on college guys. Primarily four of their last five years, they've selected a college guy with their top overall pick. And it really seems like that's kind of the Brewers philosophy is drafting, whether it's college guys or just players who are a little bit more polished, but also possess still some upside. They also like to go after guys who look good analytically in terms of whether that's on the mound or even offensively with those analytical numbers. So they definitely have a philosophy and they definitely tend to lean towards college or otherwise guys who are a little bit more polished and have had success against premium pitching or premium talent. Well, if they somehow win the finals, I think you don't fire him just for the fact that who's going to want to come, who's going to want to come be your coach if you're firing your firing your guy after you win the finals. I think that'll be a very tough sell. I think if they fall short, which now they have an now they have an excuse. Hey, we didn't have Giannis for the rest of the series or the rest of the playoffs. But I think if they fall short this round or in the finals, I I personally think it's time to move on from him. Um, yeah. You know, three years, and it's you know right now shaping up to be three disappointing finishes. Hopefully, the Bucks surprise everybody and gets to the finals. It's obviously going to be tough, you know, tough hill to climb. But if they win the finals, he he starts next year at the coach. If they struggle at all to the gate, then I think they make the challenge. Yeah, it was uh, it was looking real real bleak again. It, we, we had the, the flashbacks and the trauma of past playoff performances and failures come back, and it, you hope for the best, but you were preparing for the worst. And you know what? It didn't happen. The best happened. And it's crazy to say the 2021 NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. It's, it's I can't put it into words, man. It's amazing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they're really lucky to have a guy like that, especially with injuries last year and then obviously going to the season with without David Bakhtiari. So the fact that he can be so versatile, he he's kind of just a weapon on the offensive line. You can plug him in anywhere and he's going to he's going to shine and that's that's huge to have. Um as long as, you know, the guys next to him are also doing their jobs, it makes it a lot easier for him. So hopefully they all just kind of mesh really. But Willie Adamas was exactly what this team needed. He filled so many roles, played a solid defensive shortstop. He extended the lineup. He created more offense out of the shortstop position. He created energy and excitement and urgency in the clubhouse and in the dugout. Uh, just uh, maybe after Orlando Arcia left, this team might have been missing some of that uh, kind of extra excitement that came along with, uh, with, with Arcia. And Adamas brought that along. He was just a beacon of positive energy. And I feel like that filtered across pretty much everybody. Uh, and, and player, I mean, it was, it was really, he was just fun to watch. That's the bottom line. Like from a fan perspective, how do you see that? You just see a guy who makes everything fun. It was fun when he was playing. He made everybody else's successes uh, be fun. I think the thing that I really appreciate about Willie Adamas is how much he took joy in other people being successful. Big news over the weekend, the Wisconsin Badgers volleyball team for the first time in program history brought home the national championship NCAA Division I volleyball. The Badgers led by Dana Retke senior came back for her fifth year to bring the Badgers title and it's fitting enough that the Badgers win their national championship off of Dana Ratke kill to clinch the 15th point in the fifth set in order to give the Badgers the victory so I want to tip my hat to this Badgers 